Hello, and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue. Colin Cunningham. Why do you sound like that, April? <laughs> I'm just trying to be a good radio host. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> this is a radio? falls apart instantly, like 20 seconds into doing the podcast every time. <laughs> and I'm here talking about Crime Wave, a Sam Raimi like movie. Late night radio voice that you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah like we're a- all here and we're oh. ready to have some fun. Do radio hosts even sound like that anymore? Yeah, you're going to like turn into Eric Bogosian from Talk Radio. Or something. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, well, I don't get that reference. So, Crime Wave. Uh, what year did this come out? 91? Oh, no, this is 80s. 85. 85. I think. Not to be confused with the Crime Wave that also came out in 85, directed by John Pace. <laughs> yeah, you know director. what? We saw that movie when we were in New York uh, last year. That's right. You went and all I was like, New York to see Crime Wave? No, we were there and we, okay. and we saw that it was playing um, at the Spectacle Theater mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And that was good. Now that's a weird movie. <laughs> I yeah. would rather watch that again than this. Um, but anyway, I would if you can get a, a <laughs> copy of that, check it out. I think it's like out of print. The other crime wave. Aww. Yes. Uh, wait, what? Uh, crime wave. I got suddenly distracted by the sound of alarms. The uh, crime people are coming to get me. No, both movies I believe are still available in print. Crime wave was recently remastered by like. A Winnipeg University, I think. Yeah, the Canadian. And the one. other crime wave, Sam Raimi's crime wave, the one we're talking about today, was put out by Shout Factory a while back. Oh, okay. Oh, so, right. yeah. So, for those of you who are curious, like I guess we were, you can watch <laughs> this movie. And it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. This is my choice. I was trying to fill in, I was trying to fill the gaps in my Sam Raimi uh, filmography. And Colin you know was like, Crime Wave's the only one I've not seen, except for Love the Game. <laughs> and Oz the Great and Powerful. Wait, have I seen the game? And the new yes. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, Multiverse of Strange. Not good. Well, uh, you know, of his old movies, I'd always like heard about this. And there was a, a YouTube video. I think the channel is In Praise of Shadows did a video I on this so. last year. And I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen Crime Wave. I've always like heard about it. He sort of talked about the behind the scenes and what a disaster it was. Well, this movie is like a uh, Island of Dr. Moreau level of the story of making the movie yeah. is more interesting than the movie holy crap so look up ever... that video if you want the full lowdown on everything that went wrong <laughs> and i mean everything which was everything <laughs> <laughs> well basically what ended up happening with sam raimi coming off of the evil dead a film that took months to film and complete with his friends was given some money and he i i mean it's not all his fault but it's also like he was very ambitious with the stuff that he wanted to do yeah, yeah. and he had producers that didn't understand what his vision was mm-hmm. actors that were fighting against him a cinematographer that supposedly moved sluggishly when it came to putting the movie together oh. and the fact that there's anything entertaining about the film is a miracle pretty much even though that mm-hmm. Sam Raimi has essentially completely uh, disowned the entire He's disowned picture it, yeah I think it was taken away from him and yep. the producer Norman Lear by the way mm-hmm. uh, who owned or was the co-owner of like embassy films that mm-hmm. that whatever so yeah that's a weird pairing uh so they took it away from them in, in editing and you know watch the interviews with like bruce campbell and sam raimi and you know they kind of blame the producers for for interfering uh i don't see that there's any way to fix this movie to make it no to make it i mean if work. they got to edit it 
Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. It becoming still feels like their like their hands are all over it. For because, sure. Yeah. Um, one of the villains is basically dubbed by Sam Raimi the entire film. I um, knew that wasn't his real voice. No. Wait, oh, Paul Smith, you mean? Yeah, Paul uh, Smith, who played Bluto and Popeye. It's yeah. like Sam Raimi who's doing his voice most of the time. I heard it was, I had read it was like a local wrestler. Like yeah, a, I heard that too, but someone's like, eh, eh, or maybe he's doing Brian James. I know that his voice is all over the place. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's the most annoying voices in the movie, but we'll get to hey, that. Hey, guys, what's going oh, on? Oh, my oh no! God almighty. The bonk, worst. bonk, bonk. Uh, <laughs> that's how I described the movie to April like, as we were watching it. I'm like, this movie is pretty much just... Would this film be funny if they had been able to cast Bruce Campbell in the main role? Uh, I think it would be better. Um, although I do like him in the, the, the Rico, Ronaldo Rico the Suave guy. <laughs> yeah, actually, he provides one of the, the kind of consistently funny characters yeah, he's, in the movie. He's funny. <laughs> he's he, really and funny. he's barely in it, obviously. Because but, yeah. the producers were like, all right, kid, you don't know how to make a movie. You only did one, <laughs> The Evil Dead. We can't cast this nobody in the movie. Yeah. So how about we get a big star like Reed Bernie. <laughs> who Everybody was, loves Reed no Bernie. Who's practically a nobody as well. Like, uh, so who was he is guy? supposedly huge on Broadway now. Oh, like, okay. Uh, he's won a Tony Award for his performance in The Humans. Wow, wow. cool. Wow. I don't know what The Humans is, movie? but Tony. Not good. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I mean, he is doing like the best that he can sure. with the material. I would never accuse him of not um, giving it his all in this <laughs> role. Um, but I don't really think he was a the right fit um, no I, I did like i can't accuse anybody of not giving it their all they all seem to be trying and, they and they're all, all seem miserable to... <laughs> they're, like filming it they clearly were horribly yeah they did all nights they <sighs> shot on the streets of detroit it was, <laughs> like, freezing. It was freezing outside it was the... freezing inside in the interiors because they didn't have heating in the the warehouse that they were shooting in yeah like i would can lose my mind if that was me that is one of the most miserable things uh you know i've been on set a lot and just being on set when it's cold and you're outside or even just inside and it's cold mm -hmm. nothing will make you more miserable quicker than that yeah if you're on the crew at least you can like wear a parka um but apparently like most of the the cast was like wearing yeah. coats like in the role yeah. like because you, so cold. you get cold real quick, even if you're wearing a parka. It's uh, your, yeah, it's, it's your, it feels like time goes on forever. It, your, and when the director's like, all right, let's do a second take. You're like, do you need a fucking second take? Yeah, like, no, I do. I remember care. I was filming some sketch comedy with, with Emily. And I guess you were probably there just in, just at the park near your house. And, uh, I was wearing like full coat, like winter boots, everything. And after a certain point, my toes got so cold. It's I was like, toes. I need to go home. So I ran to your apartment and yeah. I left everyone behind. It's always your fingers and your toes. Yeah. Nothing will be more cold. It. So these poor, these poor people. Yeah. They probably didn't have those hot shots back then. <laughs> no. Also, uh, they didn't have hot shots, part <laughs> deux. No. That's a comedy. <laughs> those are like thermal packs that you like you uh, put them stick, in your, your stick in your feet. I think that's a good example, speaking of hot shots, to compare that style of comedy to this, mm -hmm. is that Sam Raimi's definitely coming from a Three Stooges inspired yes. vein, but he doesn't have the same kind of like light touch that it needs to be funny. It's like very heavy in its style a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. 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 And it, I would argue that at the, at the end of the movie, by the time we're at this like um, car scene, yes. I'm like, okay, now it's a horror movie. 
And so it's fighting like these two tones. There's so many different tones. I've watched this movie like whew, probably half a dozen times and I go into like a trance state by the time the car chase comes out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just so over this movie. Yeah. Like, it's just too much. It It is too much. And yeah. that scene lasts a really long time. And which, the end mm-hmm. scene. you know, it's a strange thing because the car scene is fantastic. Like it's really, mm-hmm. really good. And it, it's going to be my favorite thing for sure because of just how fucking dangerous it looks. Yeah, and then you find out that like it, people almost died shooting it. Like <laughs> uh, that's not good. Yeah. So that was one of the things because they had just come off of Evil Dead, like you said, but it was just all their friends and they'd never worked with unions before or stuntmen. They didn't know that you know, you had to use stuntmen or you couldn't they just have the actress like no get hit safety. by a car. They or... had people literally standing on moving cars <laughs> to get looks, shots. It looks I mean, there's so... a lot of rear projectors in that there, scene as well. There is, okay. there is, but the wide shots are the ones that you're like, holy shit, like, you know, someone's climbing out of a window on top of the car then jumps across to the other car. You're like, oh my God. It's just kind of like, oh my God, like for this movie, like people went through <laughs> all they did for this movie. Yeah. And um, the climax, you were saying that it's the only horror um, sequence, April. It's also the only set piece that's scored by Joseph Loduca. Uh, I can't say his name. Loduca. Yeah, the composer of The Evil Dead. They wanted him mm. to score the whole film, but he was scoring it seriously. Right. And the producer was like, no, nah, we need a comedy score, which uh, is, that's not how you do it. It, it, it like, combined with the actual tone of the movie, and then you add on. Oh, my God. It's constant. But it's like, yeah, but it's like, is that not what they were going for? Yeah, like Three Stooges, kind of, but obviously they had a different idea from the get-go. You can't. Yeah. You have to like, you know, there has like, to be an ebb and flow. Not like, yeah. You can't just have it at a hundred. You know, the movie's going a hundred and then the the music on top of you that do, is a hundred. You did the song from the other crime way. Yeah, I did. And these like sound effects, everything is just ricochet. It's like, Jesus God. Which can work, um, but it just doesn't in this. It's just uh, like a Sunday case. where yeah. you just load it up with every single topping you can. Yeah. You I know. mean, the film is also butchered. It makes almost no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, wait, what's happening now? Well, I didn't know Co- if it was just me, but like the first <laughs> like 15 minutes... I have 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 no idea what is going on. Who is anybody? I can't understand a thing anyone is saying. I was like, I was going to say, we need to turn the subtitles on. Uh, And uh, so I I, I still am not quite sure. (laughs) Yeah, it just says, boing. Cartoonish sound effect. I'm not sure who killed who and for what and why. And I'm just piecing it together from what I can. I had to watch it again today to kind of figure it all out. But I didn't even know that the, okay, so the intro, is like uh, with the lead character about to be executed. I didn't even know that that was the same actor later in the movie. It doesn't that even look like That wraparound was only shot to clarify things oh after a bunch God. of test screenings. Which is insane because they really didn't need that. I think it makes it worse. Yeah, I agree. I, I do too. Yeah, There's multiple flashbacks within that opening scene they keep going back to him and then we keep jumping back into the flashback before we finally settle you know Mm -hmm. in the past which makes sense in retrospect that that was a studio note and a reshoot because it's 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 such an odd choice to start your movie with 
oh, well, then this happened, then this Who is anybody? <laughs> Who are any of these people? Like, start it with him working, you know, as a lonely guy, and then, like, that's all, that would have been the perfect start. That's all you start, need, yeah. You know? I think, yeah. There's nuns that are racing to go save him before he gets electrified, yeah. one of them being Frances McDormand. Yeah, I was looking for her, and I could not see her. She's I think probably in the back. Maybe she's on the left and the, with the glasses on or something? Because the Coen brothers co-wrote this movie with yeah. Sam Raimi, because one of the Coens was an assistant editor on Evil dead mm-hmm yeah which is kind of insane um but why you know, well just because they're so prestigious now and uh, they're appearing like Don't on, say on that. camera Sam Raimi's gonna have to make another simple plan to prove he can be just <laughs> as good as the Coen brothers well you know what? I haven't seen a simple plan and I think I should uh, give it a watch sometime it's good I saw it's that, an uh, earlier Raimi right yeah I saw that well, you oh. wouldn't even know it's directed by Sam Raimi oh. yeah when you watch it that was yeah. like uh, around the get I saw the premiere at TIFF and Sam Raimi was there he did a funny I think I met hey buddies how's it going yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a pratfall on stage. Did he? Oh yeah, he God. did. I wish it was more of that in the movie. I think I'd mentioned it before. He did a pratfall when he came out on stage, like trying to. It was at Roy Thompson Hall too. It was very prestigious. It was, I think it like opened the the festival as well. Uh, and he was like, "Vote for Trump!" And you're like, "Oh no, Sam, come on!" <laughs> no, he did the gag from Spider Man Two, where he's like, uh, "Oh, uh, did anybody lose like you know a wad of five hundred dollar bills with an elastic band? Uh, some yeah, good I news. found your elastic found band. Your elastic band." <laughs> And then I went. And then he grabbed the back of his head and did like a front flip. (laughs) And then I went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, like it's funny. uh, The interviews that we saw of Sam Raimi uh, just from that video, he never mentions the the term live action cartoon. Yeah. That's clearly what it is, but it's like, I'm not even sure if that's what they had intended. So, like, oh, definitely. Well, I think so, yeah. I, you, I mean, it's the biggest it's version the of the movie. Three Stooges uh, because my favorite thing in this movie is right away there's a guy that uh, appeared in many Three Stooges uh, shorts, Emil Sitka, who's most famous for going, hold hands, lovebirds, <laughs> in the famous Shemp short. And he was supposed to be the uh, other Stooge, uh, but then Mo died. Wait, <laughs> it didn't happen. so who is he in this? He was a guy at the beginning, he goes through the doors. He's like the old man as they're walking uh, down out of the house. There's not much of him, so. Oh, okay. Uh. Yeah, I like him. I just like seeing Emil Sitka. I don't know if he goes, hold hand, hold hand, lovebirds. I think he does say it in Scott Spiegel's Intruder, which he's also in briefly. Intruder, was that the... the Fuck, what was that? The grocery store one? Yeah, the grocery store. Oh, that was actually really film. good. I was going to yeah. I recommend that yeah. um, because that's a movie that Sam Raimi produced, right? Yeah, oh, that's so. directed by Scott Spiegel, yeah, his yeah. very good friend since high school, who uh, is most famous as the guy who tries to eat the slice of pizza in Spider-Man 2. Oh. And then Spider-Man's <laughs> like, hey, and then he like yanked it out, out of his hands. Uh, he also has six roles in this movie. Does he? <laughs> yeah, he t- I think he's in this movie multiple times. So is Sam Raimi. So are the Coen brothers. Um, to the point where the producers where had to be extras. Apparently, the, the producers got really mad because they'd see the dailies, and it's like, don't put Scott Spiegel in any more roles because <laughs> all the actors like were quitting or wanted to go home. So like uh, Sam Raimi and the crew would just like play the characters, and yeah, Raimi I think shows up like three times. 
uh, Scott Spiegel a number of times. But yeah. Well, the main guy in the movie who's engineering the murder plot that kicks things off is one of the producers of the film, Edward R. Pressman. No, not an actor. <laughs> oh my God. Is that, are you serious? Yes. Wait, the is like, it... guy with little glasses, he's yeah. one of the producers of Mr. the movie. Mr. Trend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So the film starts right away, and you're like, ah, what did they do to my boy? They massacred <laughs> well, my boy. Well, they made boy. a mess of my boy, Raymond. Where it was supposed to start with this wild, crazy shot that goes up out of a building and then slowly zooms in on the hand of Mr. Trent as he's like tapping something. Yeah. And instead they just start in the shot and they then cut to a close up of his hand. Yeah, no, they push all the way down. He's like uh, slapping. No, they don't. There's a, there's a big cut. Oh, is there the, really? The, okay. Yeah, there is. They go down quite a way though, right? He's got those matches that he's mm-hmm. banging against the table. But the joke is supposed to be that it goes right into a close up like a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. And they cut it. Wow. Oh yeah, Hitchcock was an influence on this movie. Definitely rear window. <laughs> well, like also maybe like uh, the man who knew too much, like you know, regular well, and just guy stylistically, gets the way the up. cameras move and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it's, uh, it's that you can totally see Sam Raimi like Evil Dead Two stuff in this. It's like, very ambitious, it and is. for it's somebody who was so young, like it's their second movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the style is unhinged and mm-hmm. you got to at least give it props for that. Yeah, no, it's very well executed, I think, you know, but it, it just becomes too much. <laughs> but not funny. <laughs> yeah. It ain't funny. Definitely not yeah. funny. It's got that Sam Raimi kind of corny uh, three huh. stages. This makes me realize I haven't forced you guys to watch Steven Spielberg's 1941 yet, have I? I've seen 1941. I, I haven't seen uh, it. Well, next December, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> really? It's also two and a half hours long. Oh. Imagine if Crime Wave was two and a half oh, hours. I wouldn't. God. I couldn't. I'd have to split it yep, up. Yep, that's what two. that movie is. Oh. So back to Crime Wave. So uh, basically the plot is there's uh, a businessman who's losing his business. So he decides to hire exterminators slash hitmen to take out his business partner. And then complications ensue. Yeah, his business partner wants to sell the business uh, behind to his back. To Bruce Campbell. To Bruce Campbell, who wants to turn it into a, was it a girly review? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he like, yeah, because he, he smokes a cigarette, but <laughs> animated, turns into a, like a, a woman dancing. Yeah. yeah, like the only real instance of like magical realism in this movie, yeah. I, I guess. It's it's very much uh, like of. right out of a cartoon, but it's, it's well, so it funny. it turns into a cartoon. But like, they never state what year this takes place in you know you see 1970s yeah. cars but it feels like it takes place in the 1930s 40s, or 40s. yeah i was thinking uh, everyone talks like you know hey how's it going there Dame? i think that's just how sam raimi talks i think so yeah but he, he takes yeah. all those hey sense- buddy boy how's it going buddy hey buddy <laughs> there is when he's uh there's a, a scene at the beginning Make america great again buddy yeah <laughs> There's a scene at the beginning where the main character is getting dragged off to the electric chair and you can hear from off screen and I'm sure it's Sam Raimi. It's like, come on, Pipsqueak, we're saving a seat for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely Sam Raimi. And it, sounds like, it sounds like the uh, the bad guy from Army of Darkness when he turns into the skeleton, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Probably also voiced by Sam Raimi. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, yeah, Bruce Campbell plays uh, Ronaldo, the heel. Um yeah, and he's so, great. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Trend finds out that, you know, his business person wa- wants to screw him, uh, and he calls these exterminators that he finds in the, the Yellow Pages. We kill all sizes. <laughs> yeah, but they're not... They, these... Uh, 
I really didn't like the exterminators. It's what do you mean? You don't like Brian James, yeah. the master of accents? Yeah, Brian James is so annoying. And the the other the other guy, yeah, I know. Okay. He's like, it's like let's anthropomorphize a rat, and I think that was what they were trying to do. And yeah. unfortunately, he was on a ton of cocaine at the time, so he was just nonstop. <laughs> yeah, apparently, he destroyed his room in a cocaine rampage. <laughs> yeah, his hotel during room. shooting. And then we have Paul L. Smith, supposedly another actor. Not, I mean, man, this cast: Paul L. Smith and Louise Lasser. Not easy people to work with. Yeah, apparently Who everyone. Is Paul L. Smith? Paul Smith was uh, well, Bluto in, in Robert oh, Altman's right. Popeye, but he was also in Dune as well. David Lynch's Dune. Oh. Yeah, he plays one of the guys. He's also in. I guess he was in a bunch of Dino De Laurentiis films, which mean he ended up in Italy. He's also in the film Pieces, like the really banana oh. slasher film, as one of the red herrings. He's like the gardener in the film. Oh, okay. He is like a good physical actor like the stuff that they have him doing you know is great um, his, he put himself in great danger his voice to be in this movie it's not know, him i don't know why they dubbed his voice it <laughs> yeah. sounds absolutely you, how do they talk he sounds like, like pb herman oh, are you doing no. what are we doing here Ugh. come on guys it's so bad he sounds like this, yeah. kind of. Yeah, like we're trying to like talk through my teeth. But I, I don't know why. I don't know why they did that. It just because it's, it's funny, Colin. Yeah, but they also they have him t- never shutting up, <sighs> and it's this the thing that's like they do. It's like like they're dubbing an anime or something. It's like, well, the character's back is turned. Let's just have him saying more and more and more. It's like. This character should never say anything. That should make him much more scary. <laughs> they're but it's not they're so to be terrified scary, of any silence yeah. that they're like, everyone always has to be throwing jokes <laughs> off screen tons, the there's entire time. Tons yeah. of shots of Bruce Campbell and other characters where you can clearly see their mouths are not yeah. moving. And, and then they're, they're, they're just like motor mouth, like, hey, baby, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, oh, oh. What do you say we drown a couple of olives? Well, what about well, Louise like Lasser? Uh, two years removed from her tour de force in the greatest Blood. Thanksgiving slasher <laughs> film ever. Blood yes. rage. And I was commenting, I was like, she looks exactly the same. She's like wearing the same outfit, well, she the does same her hair. own makeup. That's what happened. <laughs> that, that she's like, that I don't want to do it. my own makeup. That's and they're like, why. oh my God, yeah. it's horrifying. So yeah, Bruce Campbell said that she was on a cocaine rampage and fired her makeup artist and did it all herself. <laughs> and the crew would make fun yep. of her because she looked like a clown. Well, also, um, there's, <laughs> a, there's a connection because... Ted or Sam Raimi is in Blood Rage as a cameo. Oh, Ted very briefly as a condom salesman. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> okay, they knew each other. Or that you know, some connection there. But uh, that's the sign of a great movie. I also when you see Ted like, Raimi. Exactly, and he's in he's this. Not, I, I didn't see him in the new Doctor Strange. That's really? insane. That's yeah. insane to me. You sure How, he didn't do like a voice or something? What about the, I mean, he probably did a voice. What about but the I car? Want, like, is the car? Yeah, it's definitely in there. Yeah, oh, it is. Well, the then Ted's got to be in there. Somewhere. Yeah, he's got to be in there. Right? I guess, well, this. I guess this is like the first instance of the classic showing up, like you know, in the background of a movie that's not Evil Dead. Ted Raimi should have showed up as his character from um, Xena. That would be a great multiverse crossover, right, guys? Uh, I hate to break it to you, April. They only visit two universes in this multiverse. <laughs> so there's movie. no Xena in the new multiverse of madness. No, there isn't. You know oh. what does feature Xena sword? Wes Craven's Cursed. Check it out. <laughs> the climax takes okay. place at a Hollywood wax museum prop thing. <laughs> That's a movie for this podcast, Wes Craven's Curse. We haven't done a Wes Craven yet. I'm like, although we did almost do Vampire in Brooklyn. (laughs) Oh boy, I yeah, I feel bad. My I don't know much about Wes Craven movies other than the Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, There's there's a lot. He's a really good director. I know. I haven't seen like people upstairs. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Let's not talk about that. Swamp Thing. That one's fun. Never seen it. 
Uh, yeah, re- yeah, Red Eye uh, what was um, the, uh, is a later one that I actually really enjoyed. Mm. What was the, oh, God, <laughs> he didn't do Mr. Holland's opus, did he? No, you're thinking <laughs> no. of Music of the Heart, the Meryl Streep <laughs> oh, yeah, film, which he directed, right. yes. That's right. He could not do something uh, that cheesy and heartfelt. Time for my opus, Mr. bitch. Mr. Holland's opus. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, well, back to crime Okay, wave. so let's I talk mean, about our main character's story. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Vic. Vic. Victor. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, is, like I said, lonely guy. He works for Mr. Trend, right? He installs security cameras. Right. At first, I thought that this whole company was just security cameras, but no, it's like an appliance. Uh, They make doors because there's that big door room. Oh, no. I think they're a security firm, aren't they? I think so, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what it is. It's like a Canadian tire. Odegaard's (laughs) Odegaard Trend security. I'm just laughing at no one's going to get my Canadian Tire reference. I got it. I mean, it's not much of a joke. <laughs> it is. It's just a store in Canada. Yeah, there is a place called Canadian um, Tire. But yeah, so he, uh, you know, he, he runs into his boss who clearly just did a bad thing. And he says, like, what does he say? You got to look at the big picture or something like that. And you should go out and get yourself a girl. So that motivates him to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And he essentially falls in love with the first woman he sees <laughs> in the lobby which this lobby is in this movie so much yeah it's a major set piece yeah th- I, this is a funny gag this made me laugh out loud what it might be my one of my favorite parts he sees the girl getting hit by the car outside and his tie flies up and he's like Whoa. like a bowery boys movie um that was quite f- yeah but it doesn't fly up in a cartoony way where it's like <laughs> stiff it's like all wavy like like it's being blown up like uh, with wind but there is yeah there's like a storm going on through this entire movie for some reason uh, yeah that was an odd choice i mean it does because it's funny like, it's not funny but it does create atmosphere <laughs> april is one of the producers <laughs> sam it's not yeah. funny uh, sir it's not funny um, put that boing yeah, yeah. boing sound effect in there yeah, and no, the, make it louder. The, yeah, yeah, the sound effect of the, oh, the, Sam the Raimi, wind. I did not know that Dark Man had been recut by the studio, and Sam Raimi and his editor like snuck in right before all the prints were going to be struck, <laughs> and he recut the movie over one night, nice. and it was too late for them to go back to change it. That's afterwards. hilarious. You could only do that back in those days. I love, Absolutely. I love stories like that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a big hit, so they were angry, but hey. they couldn't really be angry for that long. Yeah, they were angry. Or they were shaking their fists full of money. I mean, Dark Man, great movie. That is a really good example of Sam Raimi's style doing comic book movie before he got <laughs> Spider-Man so it's kind yeah. of like this like dark but fun but also kind of superhero it's like, che- like cheesy you know and all the right kind of Sam Raimi ways yeah what is it about Sam Raimi that director I mean producers are constantly wanting to take the movies away from him <laughs> after he gives them like massive successes well, I, I, oh Sam Raimi did Spider-Man 2 but let's tell him how to do it yeah and, well, that was Avi Arad known yeah. asshole bad man. bad man they're always wanting to rein him in and he's not the type of the director that should be reined in well, even though when you look at this movie <laughs> yes yeah. but as an adult he was just a kid back then you know? i know but i think i like any kind of director and I, he's one of my favorite directors but you know when he's left to his own devices when he i think this movie is a prime example of when he kind of embraces uh all of his worst tendencies yes it, it can just be too much Yes. I, I think it just needs a, 
a balance. I mean, I thought even Army of Darkness was too much at points. How but... dare you! <laughs> I'm sorry. It's every it's, get out it's, of it's, my it, house. It's every thirty male, male white male in their thirties favorite movie. <laughs> um, Is it? Yes. I, I was there first. I've met multiple multiple people who said it's their favorite movie, and I'm not saying I don't like it. I do. Uh-huh. I do like it. But I only saw it for the first time. There, like last there are year. times where it gets a little corny. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, I like. I mean, corny, that's, but, that's you know. Sam Raimi's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, do we, being corny. Need, do we need the Three Stooges gags in the cemetery? You're getting poked. Yes. And, uh, that being said, right. but oh, if you take oh, like oh. a... <laughs> do you guys just want me to reenact Army of for you? <laughs> if you look at a movie like uh, Drag Me to Hell, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great, eh, it doesn't have like Three Stooges gags in it, but it still has silliness with though. Drag Me to Hell is that it's uh, uh, an interesting kind of like slide Sam Raimi was taking where that kind of creativity I like from his early films is starting to be seeped out of him. Mm-hmm. That he, he starts to do the stuff that's recognizable, right? Like, but he's not creating anymore in the way he did with like Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. You feel like he's just sort of rehashing the old, rehashing the old classics. Stuff, yeah. Well, maybe he yeah. just doesn't have any more innovative ideas. I think... Uh, uh, no, I, I really like Drag Me to Hell. The only thing I didn't like was the uh, CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was so out yeah, of place. Yeah, but it, I agree. And, and it would have been much better if it was practical. But yeah. at the time it was made, they mm-hmm. were not going to give him the budget to do like the void style uh, effects. You know, like I wish mm-hmm. they did. But this bad CGI kind uh, yeah, of makes it funny. Get the money to do the <laughs> void style effects. He's coming off. You know of, what I mean? <laughs> a film that costs like one one hundred. He had come off of like Spider Man Two, hadn't he? Yeah, uh, I think it was no, after Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. 3. He made it after, after Spider-Man 3. 3. So like yeah. three huge money makers, like, you know, he could do whatever he wants. But I actually mm-hmm. appreciated that he went back and did like a smaller movie. Like, you know, George Lucas always says he will. I mean, Peter Jackson always says he will. They never do. Uh, the, and then uh, Drive Me to Hell makes no money. And Sam Raimi's like, I guess I'm not making movies like this anymore. Uh, it's true, but at shame. least he made it. Yeah. Right? I, I, and then he does I mean, Oz the, the best great gag in Drag Me to Hell is her getting a nosebleed. Like that's where she's like, oh, oh, I can't stop. There's so many good gags. I don't know. I just, I kind of. I love that movie. There's a lot of funny, <laughs> funny gags, Every but also like watch fun it, violence. I think I want it to be better. It's like I know. when they like get the um, uh, they bring the demon in, and the goat's like ah, and it's like a puppet. <laughs> I That's fucking awesome. love that part. It doesn't do anything. It's That's terrific. like the issue that I have with it. I don't know. I just I just love. How it's it not perfect, of, but I yeah I enjoyed it quite a bit. I love how just. Uh, I want Sam Raimi to listen to this. I'm holding his feet to the fire. <laughs> be better, Sam. Okay, okay, Justin. Okay, no problem. Stop, no problem, stop. buddy. And like, hey, you want to be in my movie? I'm, you want to be the star? I'm going to torture you. I'm not a, so much I'm pain, not a Sam Raimi expert. You guys are much more knowledgeable than me, so I apologize if I'm offending anybody out there with my opinions. Um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone is going to come after you. The, the film work. bros, are, <laughs> they love oh, their gee, Sam Raimi. Darkness, bro. They love their, <laughs> they love their Sam These Raimi. jock bros. How dare, how dare how you make fun of the Three Stooges? Hey, wait a minute. Um, okay. If you disagree with anything we say on this podcast, <laughs> you just take that right on a piece of paper, you crumple it up, and then you eat it. Mm, <laughs> internalize and it. Put it You'll on be a iTunes. better person out of it. <laughs> there is a funny... Uh, they keep cutting back to this storm that's happening outside. They keep showing the same kind of intersection you know, throughout the entire movie. It does look like a back lot, but it is a real location. Yeah. Maybe it's just the way it's lit. I think it's the way it's lit makes yeah. it look like a back, back lot. Looking, but yeah. they have this like... Uh, uh, this like newspaper front page of a newspaper like smacks up against the screen and in like one side of it it says something about it's like a reference to evil dead it's like a time distortion at 
the murder site in like a Tennessee cabin or something like that. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like, oh. So in the movie, our hero is still pursuing this woman who he's like, I need to fall in love. So I'm going to stalk this woman until she loves me. Yes. And they end up at a club where a a dance (laughs) is going on. It's like the Coco Bongo Club from The Mask. No, it's like the jazz club from Spider-Man 3. Like, exactly. It's like the jazz club in Steven Spielberg's 1941. I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, but you know, all those movies, uh, whatever. Okay, I was going to say. They're all great. That's what we need to say. Well, this scene has a lot of great gags. And um, the best kind of, I believe, humor in the movie is in this scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it has the best gag, which is like, uh, Bruce Campbell is having a date with the woman and he ditches her and leaves without paying. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, but then he go, he picks up another woman and then goes to the coat shack and then he's putting on like a top hat. And then, uh, I guess the coat shack girl's looking at him for like a tip yeah. and he kind of searches his pockets and he goes, Hey, I've got nothing. And he just walks out. But no, like this might be, I, I was just going to say, like, I guess like Bruce Campbell in this scene is probably like my favorite thing in the movie, like where he's flirting with the other girl at the bar and he's like, like winking at her and there's like gun sound effects happening and stuff like that. Like that's ridiculous Ooh, and yeah. funny. And also our hero, like, I can't remember how, but he like falls on that table and it just like goes everywhere. He gets punched by Bruce Campbell oh, right. and, he, and he like flies 90 feet in the air. and lands on so the funny. You can tell like he is thrown from quite a distance from off screen. And there's like so many people sitting at that table and it's like a real table. Uh, and they were like the producers of the movie. Those people, uh, Scott Spiegel again, <laughs> yeah. Sam Raimi and I think Joel or Ethan yeah. Cohen. And then they just kind of like go back to their, their Scott their Spiegel, after. the director of From Dust Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Month. Money, Hostel 3 and Modesty Blaze. Yes, that's the one. Texas Blood. Wow! <laughs> Wasn't Bruce Campbell in uh, the second one? Uh, tech- only at the beginning in a movie within the movie. <sighs> He's not actually like a main star in, uh, from mm. Dust Till Dawn 2. That movie is fun. Most famous for having the most point of view shots in any movie. <laughs> of like, if someone is uh, a opening weird. a lock, the camera's going to spin <laughs> with the lock. Was that weird. like a Guinness World Record? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it's a Guinness Book of World Record. What a strange claim. It's just like... It has so many point of views. Oh like, God. if you took a shot every time there was one... <laughs> I mean, I remember I have a friend who hates Scott Spiegel because he's like, there's a scene, an intruder, where he goes and he answers the phone and you're looking through the phone. I hate it. Oh, I love that shot. I I remember it to this day. Yeah, that movie really, I was like surprised at how much I liked that movie. And also like uh, um, that Fear Street movie, I was like, this is a reference to Intruder. Probably not, but it looked exactly the same. Oh, when the person gets their face sliced? Well, just there's all these gruesome things happening in a grocery Mm. store that looks exactly Exactly like that, but I mean, and maybe it's just a coincidence. But um, anyway, there's another funny gag in this scene where um, you know, lady can't remember her name. Nancy, she decides to have dinner with Vic, and then she realizes, um, oh no, uh, he left me with the bill, and I can't pay. I owe thirty six dollars. <laughs> How am I going to pay this? Oh, it's like thirty six dollars <laughs> and something like sixty seven. We're cents. having a dance contest. The winner wins thirty six dollars <laughs> and sixty seven <laughs> cents. And then they're like, "Are you ready to do it?" And they go and they start dancing, and then it cuts to them washing dishes. <laughs> but but he's like dancing as he's washing dishes to the point yeah. I actually didn't understand the joke at first. I was like, "What?" Oh, Colin had to close the television. He's like, "April, let me explain it to you." <laughs> 
when you can't pay a bill, you have to wash dishes. That's yeah, why that's a it's a very old, unwritten rule, old timey gag. Yeah, has it ever happened to anybody? Never in ever in our lifetime to anyone. No, I mean, if this was like in real life, she would just go up to one of those rich bozos and say, "Can I borrow thirty six dollars?" No, what would happen is they're like, "Get out, don't come back," <laughs> or that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're banned. I tell you, banned. And while this is going on, our favorite characters, the two hitmen, eh, what are you doing? Oh, God. They're torturing Louise Lasser, basically. Yeah, yeah. well, because they murder a guy, the other business partner, and then well, I think they, they murder the person that hired them. Yeah, yeah. by her, accident. Her I husband, guess. she's watching out the window uh, with binoculars the entire time, and the husband, uh, to appease her, goes down to you know investigate the scene, and he's also accidentally murdered by Brian James. These guys um, are just murder crazy. Yeah, and then they see that she's witnessed it, so Paul <laughs> Paul Smith goes after her. He runs up to her apartment. Uh, yeah, uh, and this, then they just get, keep killing people because they're witnesses, I guess. But they're taking so much glee in it. It's just like yeah. Ugh. But there was there's a funny gag, and it's set up right from the beginning in like a wide shot of Louise Lasser's apartment. There's three bowling balls <laughs> on a shelf. And yeah. you know exactly where that's going. That's right, because Paul Smith comes <laughs> crashing through the door, which leads to a bunch of shots of Louis Lasser throwing objects at him. Yeah. And the camera's following them in the classic Sam Raimi shot, like, yeah, yeah. it's the like classic spinning in front of the camera. Like, and there's a great gag where he, like, catches one of them in the air and then he smashes it over his head. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. There are, it is funny. It's bonk, just like bonk, in a different bonk. movie, it would be better. Yeah, you know if it I was mean? maybe, like, uh, spaced out a bit more, if it wasn't just just so 100% the entire also, time. Also, like, it does kind of strike me as, like, a movie that, like, I would make as a teenager. Like, we know it would be yeah, really yeah. funny. If Let's this, put if everything. This and this happened. Yeah, without any kind of thought to tone. Or, I think you know. more movies should have everything in them, <laughs> as opposed to having nothing. Well, like most of the movies we watch these days. It's true. It is better than nothing. And this managed to cram everything into less than 90 minutes. And by yes. an hour in, I'm like, oh, I'm bored too much. <laughs> it's true, but I mean, thank God that this movie was only 90 minutes long. Yeah. But uh, Louise Lasseter runs into a room that has a bunch of doors, and that's like the most famous scene in the movie, and they all get knocked over like dominoes. And yeah. like the guy has to run back through the doors, and, he's and crashing he gets through the doors, crushed, yeah. and apparently that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, they he missed was supposed time to, to make it all the way through. Yeah, and he trips and falls, and like they land like, on him. Like, was that him, or was that a, a stuntman? Because it looked, like, it looked like a guy wearing a, a wig or something. Yeah, right? that, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, or a wig bald, Paul Smith. Bald, yeah. No, I said <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but there is, um, and uh, Louise, it's weird that she actually gets taken out of the picture like earlier on than you think because she like jumps out of a window and lands in a box that's like being shipped off somewhere. Yeah, you think she's going to be a main character. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she shipped the guys uh, shipping her off in the box, Sam Raimi. <laughs> Yes, it was to Uruguay, and it's like a freaking gag. <laughs> <You are> gay. <laughs> it's like a Bugs Bunny gag. It's like literally a Bugs Bunny yeah, gag. Yeah, she shows up in the uh, after the end credits, yeah. if you stick around that long. Um, so she's like, ha-ha, I got you. Oh, no, I'm in a box to Uruguay. Yeah, then like Paul uh, Smith is attacking her, and then like uh, this neighbor comes out of nowhere with like shaving cream on his face. Uh, they I get don't into, get what happened with him. He jumps so. so he, Why is he so happy? I don't know. When he dies? Oh, because <laughs> he, he didn't dies? die. Yeah. So he jumps out oh, the window. Okay. Paul Paul Smith like lures him out the window, and he like 
crashes down, lands on the street, and he's like, oh my God, like I'm alive. And he's like laughing. And then, and then uh, he gets Brian James right runs over. him over with the exterminator. So that's car. why he's so happy. Yeah. Then they've got his body they're trying to like dispose of. There's yeah. all these bodies. It's Just, a bit of a French farce, if you will. <laughs> but especially earlier when they're like the, the doors opening and closing and, you know. Yeah, the coughs are coming you know up and they're just about. all trying to get rid of these bodies and blah, blah, blah. Just just hijinks. Just mm. wacky hijinks. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, well, there's know. the hijinks of uh, Vic it brings um, Lady home because uh, she got mud on her dress. And so he's like, I'm going to wash your dress. And she's like chilling out. And then like Brian James like sneaks in and is like being creepy and like inappropriate. Well, Vic is like, I'm not going to watch while you change. So he's, his eyes are closed. Uh, so he doesn't know Brian James is there. And then Brian James... I mean, it leads to a really funny gag where he's like, I hear there's a murderer out there. And Brian James is like, oh, no, there's a murderer out there. <laughs> also, Brian That's James funny. can throw his voice like Munchie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he can do anyone's voice, Yeah, too. it's so weird. <laughs> it's like, not established. Like Munchie. I'm almost ready. <laughs> there is one funny fucking gag that... Uh, <laughs> And Paul Smith is chasing Louise Lasser down like a fire escape, and uh, Bruce Campbell is just arriving with uh, with his date that he picked up, and he's kind of like, "Hey, why don't you come back to my place for a scotch and sofa?" <laughs> and she gets and really upset. She like slaps him and leaves, and then the fire escape kind of unfolds and extends right into like Bruce Campbell's face, and it's just like you know the the two frames of like it's just a rubber mannequin. <laughs> Yeah, being squished. He just like squishes. I don't even remember this. It's so so fast. I vividly remember it. It It happens very fast. You know why? Because I was fixated on the scotch and sofa uh, line. Because I was like, that's not even that insulting. Like, why was she so picked up by that? Yeah. yeah. How about some scotch and sofa? I actually think that's kind of funny. So and charming. And what what about the? Do you? Yeah. Like maybe I just like this character. I don't know. Yeah. Drown a few. (laughs) You're a big Ricardo the Heel fan. He is my favorite thing about the movie you know so. if Bruce Campbell came up to you and said hey what about a scotch and sofa oh, what are you gonna say no yeah. <laughs> you're like you're much too old for me when we drown a few olives baby yeah uh I would do that <laughs> come down to my best uh or uh best hotel holiday inn that I'm staying at at this convention <laughs> we can rock that uh mattress I'll introduce you to Darth Maul <laughs> He's in the. We're sharing a room. Save a couple bucks. <laughs> you think they make Hey, how's it going? It's me, Darth Maul. I was a karate champion. <laughs> they make them share rooms at the convention. Yeah, to save they do. To, no, I, yeah, certain ones probably. Yeah. No, to save on. Hey, that's, and they're all the best Western. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, they're the hotels that the convention is in, so you know it's attached. No, you think, to you it. think it's like they leave those? Those are the good rooms. They leave them for the convention goers, but then the, all the guests mm. go to like the hojo down the road. <laughs> <laughs> they have to share rooms. Yep, and uh, uh, what wacky combinations you get! <laughs> oh no, Hercules is with Data from Star Trek. What wacky adventures are they gonna have? It could be more it's like, like uh, Linnea Quigley and Chewbacca Mom. Uh, yeah, like that's more like Chewbacca cool. Mom. 
Hollywood would be. Uh, she made a comment yet about the gun violence. No, I remember was, her doing that one. Oh, there was a great picture that somebody posted. It was right after she like became a viral hit, and it was from a convention, and it was Chewbacca mom. She was sitting next to John Cusack. Oh, boy. <laughs> I bet he was thrilled. He looked so... Oh, yeah. John Cusack is a guy who can take a joke. Oh, he looked so miserable. (laughs) Oh, poor John Cusack doing the convention circuit. Oh, my God. Sitting next to Chewbacca Mom. (laughs) What? I wonder what Chewbacca Mom... And then, like, right beside... He's, like, sandwiched between Ken Bone. He's there, too. Anyway. Wait, who's Ken Bone? (laughs) He asked a question during the Trump Hillary debate. (laughs) Joe Joe the plumber. Five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You can get him on Cameo for like $20. Oh, God. I gotta check out who's on that cameo. Do you think do you think Chewbacca mom's on cameo? I uh, honestly don't even know what I she think did. She, she probably went, was. She went through drive-throughs in a Chewbacca no, mask. She just had a mask <laughs> of Chewbacca and she opened it up and it made it laugh. And then she <laughs> laughed. Oh my god, it cost sixty-five dollars <laughs> for a cameo from Chewbacca Mom. No. Yes. It's not that much. Come on. Well, I mean, it is because it's Chewbacca. I could get like Steve Martin for that kind so of money. Did she do a Chewbacca voice? N- no, she just laughed. <laughs> she just what laughed. The fuck? I know. Who That's all is she did. You, you guys have not seen the video. Yeah, no. I, I didn't click on it. You know. Oh, she's wearing the Chewbacca mask, <laughs> and when you open the mouth, it makes a Chewbacca sound oh. that caused her to life to laugh. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. That's all that the video is. The video is four minutes and four seconds. And then she got like a Jesus call. Hey, Christ. need an agent? It's like, you're going to put you up in this convention. You're going to be sharing a room with John Cusack. Okay. <laughs> Anyone's on Cameo these days. Uh, okay, oh, so uh, what is, does anything happen before the big uh, car chase? Um, Brian James gets attacked by dogs. He drops like a, a homophobic slur. Yeah. Yeah, nowhere. Um, not What cool. is this, jingle all the way? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, did not expect that. Yeah. But then he shows up at the end anyway, so what was the point of him getting attacked by uh, those dogs? Well, you know. Uh, this car chase uh, it's kind of fantastic it's like half an hour long it's really really long <laughs> and the thing that really was getting me after a while is the Nancy scre- screaming screaming constantly yeah. screaming and that's where I was like okay it's it's like a horror movie like every two seconds mm-hmm. she's screaming at one of them about to get her or climbing on top and at one point you know, Vic is in another car and he has to like jump over to her car and they're oh, both yeah. moving and he's, he's stuck getting, in between. He's getting like hung across it like uh, a, he's like short round in like the Temple of Doom minecart chase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was just, oh my God, it crazy. It was creative, but it was just too, it was too much and it was, it was giving me anxiety because it was like, it just went on for so long. Yeah, it did. It was like, uh, I don't know, it was like the end of like Road Warrior or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like a third of the movie. And the stupid like other bald guys just like ah, <laughs> the whole time and <laughs> yeah, yeah, other oh, guy and he has his big electrocution thing and he's gonna uh, there's a fun him. joke there where he it's like uh rats humans hero he like turns the knobs yeah. on yeah. thing. there's like a little like dial on his electric electrocution thing that says uh hero at the end that's funny that fun that's journey. cute yeah um, lots of explosions here and apparently uh mm-hmm. they actually did damage to the uh like highway infrastructure <laughs> 
It's like and, still there to this day. Yeah, and you can see they said the uh, scorch marks from the fire uh, were there for years afterwards. <laughs> uh, and they were like not allowed to shoot in Detroit for over a decade, apparently. That's it. I'm surprised they didn't get a lifetime ban. But they're like, well, we really want you to come back because we want some money. To mm, come Sam to Raimi, you did that Spider Man. We movie. love money. Yeah, I'm shooting Spider Man 3 in Detroit. Detroit. We were just talking about Detroiters. You know, um, not enough. Uh, like movies Robocop seem to um, yeah. take place or shoot in Detroit. I'm sure plenty do, but probably don't always know. I'm it, sure a lot know. of things are shot in Detroit. <laughs> oh! oh, 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 oh. That, is that like a cover of like the New York Post or something <laughs> there, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction ends in Detroit. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Michael Bay yeah. bringing it home. So yeah, there's a big. The car chase ends. They're, the car's like teetering over the edge of like the uh, the river, Detroit River. They're, I they're don't know. fighting with giant pieces of metal. They're fighting with like yeah, electrified at, metal. At this point, the exterminator bad guy is just ripping the car apart why is he doing this <laughs> I don't just know. because he's so insane with rage, the rage April. of killing that he decides to rip metal off this car and torture this poor woman because mm-hmm. he's just evil yeah he just like um, you know really the sense. lack of motivation for all these characters is just a little much it just me. makes him happy that's all yeah. do you watch the three stooges shorts and you're like <laughs> what is the motivation i understand these why is mo so angry the other two <laughs> <laughs> mo is was their, their leader, leader. <laughs> he must have had some tr- childhood trauma <laughs> Why can't they get that block of ice up the hill? What's going on? Yeah. Well, like I was, you know, she's just in the car screaming for half an hour, whereas mm. she could have got out at any point. Yeah. She's just, she's just screaming while it's going back and forth and back and forth. And uh, so bad guy goes into the water and then um, car comes down on bad guy. He needs she needs to jump out of it onto Vic, who's like hanging from the guardrail. She makes it up and then it like weirdly cuts and then you find out later that he fell and she thought he died. Yeah, it goes t- back to the beginning in the execution scene. They like cut scene. something out there to go back to this this later shot wraparound. Yeah. So it just kind of made it confusing. So he needs, I don't know, the nuns arrive and he needs someone to corroborate his story. Those but nuns are on the run. The nuns, oh my God. <laughs> Back in the Habit, you might <laughs> oh, say. Oh, no. Was there a sequel? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, Back in the Habit. Too. Not, not to n- no, not no, no, Nuns no, 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 Oh, God. I thought there was Nuns on the Run, too. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> yeah. People could not get enough of Eric Idle and... Uh, uh, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Oh, yeah. Spectacles, testicles, <laughs> wallet, and watch. I've actually never seen Nuns on a Run. No, me neither. <laughs> really? I saw that no. in the theater twice. I just know the title. <laughs> twice. twice. Back in the day, Nuns on the Run was the Marvel movie of the season. Well, you know, A Fish Came Wanda came out, and then uh, A Fish Came a fish Wanda? Called a Wanda. Fish Called Wanda came out. People had Eric Idle fever? Yeah, everyone was like, whoa, British fever. Uh, these Monty Python people. And then, yeah, Nuns on the Run came out. I was like, oh my God, it's hilarious. A fish called Wanda's pretty I funny. Love that movie. That yeah, was a classic. I like it quite a bit. What about Dangerous Creatures? I, I never saw it. Wasn't it Fierce Creatures? Fierce Creatures. Yeah, I right. saw that. Uh, that was a blockbuster rental, and I just remember thinking, like, well, this isn't as good as, as fish. <laughs> no, it's it not. looked absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's bad. 
But isn't the same director and the same stars? I yeah, everything. It's everyone's back, but yeah. they're playing different characters. It's, yeah. it's a, has that ever happened I mean, before? Like a Christopher uh, Guest yeah, movie. Definitely. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But like, oh, did you hear they're making another Spinal Tap? No. Movie? Yes, they are. Yeah, no. They are. Yeah. No. Oh, me and April are up on our talking <laughs> oh, no. podcast. No. Just came out this morning. No, don't um, do it. Yeah, because they're all still alive. So they had. They already did, and people don't remember. Was it, it. break like they did the like wind? a tour? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. the Break Like the Wind tour. Yeah, I remember or I remember hearing oh, of it. God almighty. Wasn't it like a TV movie or like a... Yeah, it was. It was like an hour-long oh. uh, TV movie. I mean, it was terrible. I like those characters, so, you know... They're so old. <laughs> you just, yeah, you I can't. Know. Do you think Harry Shearer will bring the thunder? Like, <laughs> oh No, but God. he was always barely... Guy. He was always barely a character anyway. Oh, my God. You know, it's know. really about the other two guys. I don't have high hopes for I, that No, one. I don't either. Let it die. Um, will Billy Crystal come back? He was in the the first one right so is dana yeah. carvey oh yeah who's dana carvey he was one of the mimes i think oh, right. billy, was billy crystal yelling, was, was like yelling mime. at him yeah he's like come on mime, mime is, is money, money. <laughs> it's a funny movie <laughs> the funniest joke billy crystal ever said. <laughs> yeah do you know what there's a billy crystal film he directed yeah mr stars... saturday night no not mr saturday night oh coming soon my, my giant no uh, did he direct my giant my i don't know giant. No, he recently directed a film, and I couldn't believe it co-starred Tiffany Haddish. Whoa. Really? He's doing movies now. came out in 2021, and it was called Here Today. I've never heard of it. Is he in it? Yeah, he stars in it. It's like a movie that never existed. Wow. (laughs) uh... But if you go home, your dad would be like, oh, it's my favorite movie. (laughs) Well, the last movie I remember him doing is... I think it was something called like Grandparents or something, and it was him and what? Bette Midler, I think. Oh, my God. Uh, and it was like... Grandparents? It, it, it was, they were grandparents, but I don't know if that's what it was called. <laughs> Is that what you think of movies that you're like, <laughs> yeah. ah, you know, it starts superheroes. The, superheroes. the premise was they are babysitting their grandchildren. Yeah, parental guidance is what <laughs> oh. it's called. <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> I've never heard of this movie. No, I Billy Crystal, uh, Bette Midler, and... Isn't uh, Marissa, Marissa Tomei is the oh, mom? Poor yeah. Marissa Tomei. I saw the trailer and it's like, uh, you know, she's like a helicopter mom and only lets her kids have like frozen yogurt and the grandparents are like, have some ice cream and they're like freaking and they're out like, <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, this is not like yogurt at all. Great comedy, right? Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> we gotta wrap up this movie. So let's get to the wraparound segment. It's um, the execution. The nuns show up. They've all taken a vow of silence, so they oh can't no. corroborate his. Will they his story. break it though? Yes, they do, and it cuts. It, to, it is kind of a funny gag where the, it looks like he's about to get executed. Spinning newspaper, hero executed, and then they just pan down. Almost or not? <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> nuns break forty-year vow of silence, and uh, Vic and Nancy are married. And they cut to them like at their wedding i think it's just a photo of them like no it goes to live action but they're just like like waving like it's like a harry potter picture it's like yeah (laughs) then it ends with like a yeah it's like it's like a harry potter picture (laughs) we hate trans people oh my god jk rowling is terrible I, I shouldn't make any more Harry Potter references, but can't help it. It's, it's part of the culture. Is she like Beetlejuice? She's going to show up. If you mention it too, yeah. too many anyway, times. Anyway, uh, the movie's over. That's Crime Wave, everybody. <laughs> and crime then there's wave. a song. There's a, a typical a song that is 
uh, explaining the plot of the movie. Hey, it's like a 1930s, kind of. like kind of jazz number or something. It's like, it's like you a duet. and me, or like a, a hat on a hat, or something like a <laughs> like uh, pack full of rats. Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi singing it with Scott Speed. Probably. <laughs> Gotta get it, in one last cameo. Even that song is like annoying. Um, <laughs> It is. That's yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. It, it's a lot to get through this movie. Um, I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it too. I don't regret watching it. Next up, for the love of the game, which will make you think fondly of Crime Wave. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, I, never, I love the game. Stinks. I could not think of anything more boring to watch than that movie. A, a it, baseball like, movie. A, another one that you're like, is did Sam Raimi direct this? Doesn't feel like him. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Oh no, it's Scott Spiegel. <laughs> Hello, hey buddy, come on, man. And <laughs> like Sam Raimi, was he like off screen, like throwing uh, like books and the stuff? At, at Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. <laughs> well, you know, I would argue that like the Spider-Man movies definitely have like his stamp on it, but it's yeah. not yeah. as pronounced as yeah. something I think like Dark Man or that, Evil that's a Dead. Good, or they're this. a good balance, I think, t- to appeal to like a mass audience. You know what I mean? But and and fans of his sure. style, yeah, for sure. It's a like the they're like the perfect utilization of his style for. A yeah. mass audience. Now, if you want something that is a little more, uh, you know, uh, uncut, then, uh, then go Man. for something like Dark Man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Sam Raimi, full on Sam Raimi. Yeah. And if you want somebody playing uh, Sam Raimi cosplay, check out Doctor Strange of the Multiverse Aww. of Madness. <laughs> I can't comment on it, but I probably will. I mean, you guys will see the movie. I'll, I'll watch, don't, don't lie I'll to watch yourself. That. I just, I'll just see it because I want to see some the, the cameos, but I have absolutely oh, no, so no interest bad. I hate it. the cameos in the movie. They stink. I should really just look up a list of them, but there's no uh, Zena. One of them you'll be like, boo. Xena well, is not in this movie, <laughs> even though it would make perfect sense if Xena showed up. Right? Because, you know, uh, I don't think Robert Tapper produced this, though, and he's married to Xena these days. Oh, okay. That's right. um, but yeah, uh, there are good things in this movie. So if you're a Sam Raimi fan... And the completist. You're, if you're a Sam Raimi completist, I would recommend it, but otherwise, I would say stay away. Yeah. Um, and where do we watch this? Where? It was on iTunes. It's on iTunes, so you can rent it for probably five bucks. Yeah. In our home. That's where we watch it. This is four ninety nine. Um it looked like it was the restored. Yeah, version. it was remastered. Yeah, for it, sure. It's gotta be on Tubi, right though. Uh, I don't, I don't think so, but uh I, don't know. I didn't I, I think we just went straight to iTunes. Yeah, but we want only the best. Yeah, but that's that's crime. No, nope, it's on Tubi. Hey, there you go. Really? Tubi. Right, there you go. Which is like <laughs> Why are more people talking about Tubi? Everyone is like canceling their Netflix. It's like, I just watched Tubi. It's got it all. Yeah, watch Tubi, owned by the Fox Corporation. <laughs> yeah. And the evil one, the one that does the news. <laughs> I, know. I know, but like, look at the selection, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money, Satan. But they're not getting my money because it's free. I'm not paying them. Yeah, that's right. Free. <laughs> Sign on the dotted line. Uh, well, if you want to email the podcast, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at no such thing pod. And if you like what you hear, consider uh, donating to us on Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. And if you're on the $5 level, you will get a little bonus episode every two weeks. And we just recorded them on the new movie from the Disney Corporation. We're just shills for Disney, aren't we? <laughs> we watched the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie and had some very very interesting thoughts about it. Do you know that Tubi does original films? They did a Suicide Squad ripoff starring Bruce Willis. Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah. 
so it's like a like a asylum it's, type thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like super villains and. Okay, yeah. well, I'm probably not going to watch that, but good to know that it's wow. there. Sorry, I just looked up Bruce Willis and the news nine hours ago. Bruce's wife shares video of him playing basketball. No. Oh. I mean, I will say about Tubi, like, hey, that's the only place that has all of the original Sailor Moon in Japanese with subtitles. And, and again, like, you don't have to pay for it. So, like, something like that, they, ha- they have it, you know, that's great. And hey, guys, you can download things off Tubi very easily using all sorts of websites and or apps that will skip all the commercials. Really? Okay, that's good yep. to know. Um, uh, and if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at April Admansky. You can find me on Twitter, J D-E-C-L-O-U-X, the letter J, or every week on The Important Cinema Club. You can follow me on Twitter, Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And that's it for this week. Uh, you heard our thoughts on Crime Wave. Also, maybe check out the... Now, go do your own crime wave. <laughs> no, maybe, no, no. Maybe check out the other crime wave, the Canadian one by John mm-hmm. John Pays. Starring his, uh, the actor looks uh, insanely similar to Justin Trudeau, our prime minister. Yes. <laughs> does he? He, does. he does. He does. Which is very funny. If you want like a, like a weird independent Canadian <laughs> movie, check that one out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was fun talking about Sam Raimi this week. I'm April Admansky. I'm Justin DeClue. And I'm Colin Cunningham. Oh, we're back to the smooth voices. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. Hey, what do you say? <laughs> Let's drown a few olives, baby. Let's drown a couple olives. We're gonna have a scotch and sofa. Scotch and sofa. <laughs> <laughs>